Beans on toast and a nice Chianti. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Grape Culture, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature, pop culture and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Ali. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about women in horror films, what we think the usual tropes are for female characters, how we think female directors and female filmmakers could affect that and have been affecting that and also what we think our favorite female-led horror film would look like but before we start talking all things spoopy we've got some wine so alex i'm you you said before we started recording you have a, a tale to go with your wine so i'd like to hear that okay so well it's not a very long tale i'm afraid it's quite a short one and uh very to the point so uh I was going to get a fancy wine with a fancy label that felt very horror-esque, but I am very poor and I could not afford that wine. So I thought instead I am going to get the most horrific wine I can think of. Oh no. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? Because it's on theme, but it will be cheap. <laughs> So right. I went for Sainsbury's House dry wine. Uh, <laughs> I want to throw up in my mouth just thinking about that. So I know, me I, too, me too. It was it was only, the heart it was only one step above Lambrini. I couldn't quite bring myself to put Lambrini in my basket being a 31-year-old woman. So instead, I put this in my basket, but label down so no one would judge me. I also <laughs> got I also got ID'd buying it. <laughs> so yes, uh, Sainsbury it's essentially Sainsbury's basic table wine. Um, the tasting notes <laughs> for this horrific bottle of wine are: our house dry wine has been specially selected by our winemakers. Zesty, well, and then there's a little break, <laughs> and then it just says zesty dry white wine, crisp with citrus. That's it. Oh. That is it. Yeah. I feel like you're going to be very hungover tomorrow, even if you only have like two glasses. Probably. I was going to get the table red wine, um, but it wasn't vegan friendly. So um, I've been stuck with the dry white, my horrific wine. On theme. On Yay. theme. I'm back on wine because apparently even not drinking doesn't stop you having a screaming headache for two days after a podcast. So I decided that I wasn't going to torture myself on this, the most red winey of podcasts, um, podcast episodes. And I decided to treat myself to a fancy bottle of red wine with a fancy label. So I've gone for the Apothic Red. Uh not all of their wines are vegan. So this one that I have, I'm fairly certain, is not vegan, which is the 2018. But um, I know that Alex said that there is another one that they do that is vegan. I have not verified that. But if you are interested in it, just, just check. They are presumably relatively similar, but one is not cruel. I've gone for the cruel one. Um it's Apothic Red, Winemaker's Blend, On 2018, theme. rich and smooth, California. Uh, the back reads, inspired by the Apothecia, no, Apotheca, sorry, added, added a syllable there. Um, <laughs> 
Apotheca, a mysterious place where ancient wines were blended. Apothic red is a masterfully crafted smooth red blend. Rich layers of dark fruit are complemented by hints of mocha and vanilla. A long, smooth finish makes Apothic perfect for a night with friends. So I'm going to drink it alone in my bedroom. Pretty sure I've had it before. As I recall, it's quite vanilla-y. Um, I'm so ready for it. Sam, what about you? Because I know you've got a special one. Uh, yeah, so when I was getting my last Sunday Times wine subscription, I picked this for this episode, um, which is a level of forethought that I don't think I've ever shown when picking wine for this show before. So well done past me. Um, and I've got the, the Waxed Bat. Shiraz Cabernet Sauvignon Malbec put in all the grapes why not Um, 2019 from Argentina there's also when you take the cork out because it's got a cork guys um, uh, there's a little map of South America on the cork and I pulled it out and then it went oh Africa Oh, it's been a day. And then I looked at it. I was like, I am, I am a fucking failure. Um, so it's actually from Argentina. Uh, and the description. Oh God, it's it's lengthy. It's a good, it's a good ten lines long. What? So my family has made wine for as long as I can remember, and I still vividly recall exploring my grandfather's cellar in my youth, a dark treasure trove replete with dusty wax top bottles and sleeping bats, which both thrilled and terrified me. I've never forgotten the experience and created the waxed bat in memory of my grandfather and his mysterious cellar. Uh, these deep, darkly coloured... Oh, sorry. This deep, darkly coloured wine is spicy and rich with attractive peppery blackberry flavours balanced by ripe, rounded tannins that are perfect with rich meat dishes, rich meat dishes and firm cheeses. <laughs> I, sorry, was that father or grandfather? Grandfather. Grandfather with a creepy cellar. Yeah, very on brand. Amazing, yeah. so on brand. Love it. Uh, I think my grandfather would have liked it very much. I hope you do too. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that's adorable. And the winemaker is Rodolfo Rodolfo O.P. Sadler uh, from Mendoza. So there you go. That's my wine. And I picked it because it's got a bat on the bottle and it made me think of vampires. Here we go. We'll see what they mean about the pepper. I just had a visceral flashback to the last time I drank this wine. Do you remember it? Remember's a strong word. I wish I might have to screenshot this right now just to get Alex's face. <laughs> oh God! It, oh, it, it, it. I can't even. It tastes like hangover. And your apothic, Kim? It's great. Aside from that first sip, you know when you have a drink that you had an experience with, and you take the first sip, and you're like, "This is either going to make me throw up." Or this is going to be great. <laughs> um, what about me, Sam? Um, yeah, it's very. It's definitely peppery. It's quite a. Uh, it's quite a fierce wine. This one. It's not like a smooth, mellow red. It's it's an attacky red, which seems um, accurate considering what we're talking about. So, so horror. I am a massive, massive, massive horror fan. Um, I suppose also. Ha- Horror is quite a wide genre as well. Much, sorry, I just hit my dinner plate. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, I am a massive horror fan, always have been. I think uh, horror as a genre 
is broad and massive. It can cover anything from slasher films to uh, paranormal to uh, supernatural to um, anything macabre. That I do have a preferred horror of choice, which is very much more about the supernatural as opposed to the slasher films. I like to be uh, scared about the unseen rather than very much in your face, which can be more the slasher horror uh, side of horror. I think the reason that we're speaking about this topic is that women in horror films have had a reputation from the early stages. But also, similarly, if you think of the main protagonists within horror films, nine times out of ten they are women, um, either adult women or young children who are often female as well. Um, and I think that's why we're potentially talking about it today. And I think... We're all different stages of our understanding and love or non-love of horror. And so I think that's quite interesting to talk about it from all different angles as well. Which we all love a Halloween, but I suppose more for the dress up as opposed to the horror. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's why we're talking about it. And particularly because, like you say, there are typical... There are pitfalls into which horror films tend to fall or can fall when it comes to developing female characters and female storylines but we'll talk a bit more about that in a bit what do you tend to think of when you when someone says women in horror films because i think there's certain things that we all kind of go that we go to straight away when we first pitched this we we, we had it a little bit more loosely as women in horror um and then we sort of narrowed in on horror films as being like really the uh the thing that has um, cemented the the pop culture vision of women in horror is women in horror films. My and the reason I bring that up is that the first thing I think of is related to a book that I read. Um, isn't it always? But there's a book um, called Final Girls by Riley Sager, who writes horror books or thriller books. Um, based off of horror movie tropes, and one of those tropes is final the fi- the trope of the final girl, the last woman standing in a horror film that's set with you know starts with a group of teens, um, mixed gender or otherwise, uh, and there's always one one girl at the end, and all her friends have died or been abducted or whatever it is that happens to them in that film and and they are the final girl um and that's and that that person generally falls into quite a rigid frame like there's several um ideas like they can't be too sexual but they have to be sexy and they can't be um they can't they have to be smart but not nerdy and they have to be sp- Sporty but not butch. Um, and that's genuinely the first thing I think of, which kind of goes hand in hand with that classic parodied image of a girl running, screaming in her underwear. If you want to survive a horror film, don't have sex, don't go into the basement, and don't be too precious about 
literally anything, basically. That's what I think of um, when we talk about women in horror. That's the first thing I think of is Final Girls, that book, that trope, that image. I very and I I understand that cliche totally. Those are the kind of like one point two stars on rotten on not on rotten tomatoes. That's percentage um, on uh, like Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. Those are the kind of very cliche teen horrors um, bargain bucket at uh, blockbuster or you know whatever the modern term is. Um, I think when I think of women in horror is the badass women that survive. Um, they're either driven by being like, fuck you, I'm not going to be the one that dies. Or they are, and this is quite a common thing in ghost uh, films, um, they're usually the mother that's driven by protecting their child. Mm. Uh, so many... Um, and I think that also comes down to like children in horror and it being quite a creepy thing. Um, but yeah, they're either driven by maternal instinct or uh, just being the survivor because they've had a shitty life. But that's interesting because like that doesn't preclude you from being that like the idea of a final girl is the last woman standing. When we started talking about this, I did, I, I kind of thought, <laughs> I thought of a scary movie to be honest, because obviously that is a film that is based on ty- entirely on horror tropes that's the point of it uh, and it's also the film i've seen most of any kind of i've never watched scream for example um but yeah that the the girl running away through the sprinklers getting killed um in her underwear uh is what i thought of like the the quote slut who always dies uh and then the good all-american girl because he's very specific to kind of american filmmaking i think and, yeah. and western filmmaking um so I did think of those, but then I started looking. I like I was looking at a list of horror films because I I really don't watch them at all. They're not my cup of tea, um, or my glass of wine. And I realised that what you're saying, Alex, is, is is very true. There's quite a lot of um, badass women in horror films, uh, like um, Sigourney Weaver in Alien, um, or Ripley, depending on if we're using character names or not, um, and that kind of side of things. But then uh, what I also thought was interesting was the fact that the first place I went to was either victim or person fighting the thing, not the bad thing itself, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of, there are female antagonists or um, uh, villains out there, but there aren't as, I would go out there and say there aren't as many as there are male or non-gender specific because some things are just ghosts um ghost has no gender (laughs) i would say that the ghosts or the kind of more supernaturally kind of things tend to be quite female some or 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 you know a balance whereas yeah you're right like the slasher always the man yeah and that also made me think of something i read years ago and i can't remember the exact quote and i can't remember the exact context <laughs> made me think of an idea that maybe i saw once upon a time um but it was it was about um kind of demons in different cultures and how uh some cultures like you if you think about waking up and seeing something at the foot of your bed some cultures it's a child like it's a creepy child and other cultures it's an old woman like those are the two things that they that, that 
that are built into various beliefs and I thought that was quite interesting as well so yeah I, I think in in summary I always think of the women as the victims or the fighters not the quote yeah. evil in the, the story. victim or the heroine yeah, I think that's that's a good point. I was actually thinking the same thing when Alex was talking about like the badass ladies, which, you know, I think that you can be a badass lady and still be a vinyl girl, which was the point that I was trying to make. And I think that you can be non-traditionally badass and, and still be badass, which is the hill I will die on. Um, but yeah, like you don't, you don't, automatically want to identify with the villain in a horror film like and i think that you could ask a lot of people on the street and if they if if you ask them like name a woman in a horror film they would they would name sigourney weaver they would name um jamie lee curtis in screen they wouldn't name samara from the ring even though that is one of the highest grossing and most famous horror films ever made you know they wouldn't name the the little girl from the exorcist whose name i can't remember exactly they wouldn't name the creepy little orphan from the orphan um, oh the one that's like the old lady and they, yeah which ooh. came to life but or yeah the nun the nun from the yeah you don't know the nun from the nun well she's the nun from the nun but she's, she's the, the conjuring the she's the conjuring franchise which also the woman in black woman. Woman yeah. The yeah. woman in black is probably the only exception and I think that that is because it spans more than films. It's a book and it's a stage show. I think you know people might. But I don't think that I don't even think that people necessarily think of that as a film because it wasn't a good film. My point being Harry that, Potter fights ghost has hard time. <laughs> the the reason that I think that we don't necessarily name the villain when we think of women in horror film in the same way that we would name the villain if we thought of um, men in horror films, you know, you've got Freddy, Jason, etc., is, I think, because in horror films where the woman is the villain, we're not made to sympathise or identify with the villain and they're not franchises in the same way that the famous, the, the famous men, like, they have fucking 13 Nightmare on Elm Streets or some bullshit like that um and i also i think it's it's they are literally dehumanized in that they are turned into monsters or ghosts or uh spirits or sorceresses whereas the the majority of the significant male villains that we can name or that you think of they spend a fair amount of their narrative time as people, as the human story. So if you compare, say, um, Freddy Krueger with Samara from The Ring, Samara from The Ring, for 90% of the film, is the creepy little girl ghost coming out of the TV. And then towards the end, you finally get, you know, spoilers, the, the reason that she is a ghost with the whole well thing. With Freddy that story comes in halfway through the film. Like it's part of, it's part of an already established legend. So there's already a kind of understanding of them as a character and he gets lines and like, and he gets a series. So I think that there's, 
there's an element of dehumanization with the women villains because to make them women and villains makes it too crazy like for women to be evil they have to be evil they have to be otherworldly I think also the ones, the women who are the villains that become this weird otherworldly being or haunting ghost or demon or whatever it might be, nine times out of ten as well, they're driven to what they're doing by a man's love. So it, it there is usually connection to a man and being rejected or, um, you know, I was literally watching a horror film which again, doesn't help because I can't remember the title because I watched so bloody many. And it was about um, this, I think it was a Spanish film with subtitles, who, which are always the fucking best and the most creepy. Um, but uh, it was about this female demon that took children away and killed them and drowned them. And it was because you then found out she was rejected by this guy. And then in a fit of rage, she kills her children because she thinks, oh, you're jealous of the children. And that's why. And so that there is this common theme, actually, that their human story is connected to a man and love and jealousy and rejection. Mm-hmm. Which is true of, like, historically, women villains as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about this on our true crime episode as well um, last year, briefly. But um, this idea that a woman is kind of, uh, I say idea, it's fucking bullshit. But that a woman brings life, a woman nurtures and a woman cares and a woman, um, that that's the whole point. So for a woman to take life is horrific and mm. so much worse than a man who's just killing to protect his territory or, you know, whatever school of um, analysis you want to go down. But it's, 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 it always reminds me of, um, again, because I don't watch horror films, like, what can I compare this to? Uh, Medea. Um, I was thinking uh, about Medea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I meant when it's not historical. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, one of the most famous um, antagonists in Greek tragedy, uh, the whole reason that she's so reviled is because she killed her kids. Well, that and she chopped her brother up and chopped him up and flung him off the side of a boat. No but... one cares about that. <laughs> no one cares about him. No, genuinely, um, no one gives a shit. No, no, it's the kids that they care about because Jason rejected her for a new woman. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is that there's a lot of, and it's not all of them. I mm. I mean, again, like you, I, I, I don't know many horror films, but I know there are exceptions to the rule, obviously. But quite often it is the actions of a man drove her to do it in some way. And yeah. I think it's also the the reason when it's like this weird demon woman presence, it's like, you know, as a child, you're kind of taught, you know, don't talk to strangers. And I don't know about you, but I always in my head had this stranger that was male. I I don't know. That's another conversation to have Mm -hmm. about kind of how we perceive genders and the danger and the threat and and all that. That's how it's it's taught. Yeah. And um when I was younger, if I was told that I was lost, yes, don't talk to strangers. But it was almost, I don't think it was ever said to me, but it was almost implied, okay, but if you are lost, go talk to a woman mm-hmm. because they are the safe kind. Of, and especially a woman with a child, mm-hmm. go talk to them because they are nurturing, they're safe, they'll keep you protected. But I think also there's something in the fact that um, women in horror films 
yes, we do have the cliche teenage idea of running through sprinklers and underwear and like, help me, help me, help me. But I, I do feel that, especially in modern horror films, nine times out of 10, they are the badass and they do find some strength somewhere. And I think there is something in the fact that women are historically perceived as less strong and uh, not as intelligent and not as able to defend themselves. And so therefore we kind of follow this woman because we're like, oh, you are this person and you're too meek and mild and fuck, yes, you can, you can, because you don't expect it. And therefore Mm -hmm. it automatically has this kind of like plot journey that you're going on. Whereas if it was the badass man, you're like, well, I expected that to happen. Mm -hmm. There's no surprises. On both sides, it's the subverting of traditional gender roles, both for the villain and the heroine, is the woman's, yeah, the woman surviving is subverting of, it's normally the man that saves the day as a la an action film, you know, the, you know, the, the highest grossing, the two highest grossing biggest money making kind of films are action films and horror films. And they are two sides of the same point. You've got the male heroes and the female heroes. And it's, it's like, a I think it's a relatively known thing. Like if, if someone wants to make a bunch of money in Hollywood, they're going to sign up for an action film if someone wants to break out, they're going to sign up for a horror film. Like all the the um, recent best actress winners and everything, like Jennifer Lawrence and all of that, their early career steps were indie films and horror films. The ones that have come out that have that are, appear to be standing the test of time, or um, that that people have a real sort of affinity for that last that aren't just a dime a dozen are the ones that subvert those traditional generals subvert those traditional gender roles but do it sincerely and don't do it just at a surface level because I think there is a difference between the woman punches someone in the face and survives versus the the woman is is like genuinely overcomes this hardship because of that subversion is what makes it attractive but when these kind of tropes that we've been talking about I think they are you know canonically quite well established there are very many examples of these which is why films like scary movie take the piss out of them but and i know things are there's a slight shift recently i think in those same formulaic approaches but can you think of any movies movies or films they're the same thing the talkies the pictures whatever you want to call it the moving color Um, pictures (laughs) talky loud move stabby stab uh where (laughs) ghosty ghost where the there's been a female character who has not been one of these uh one of these elements has not been the um the middle of the road girl next door white woman who survives to the end or the um promiscuous teenager who gets shanked in her sleep or the otherworldly demon who kills children because that's all women care about like, are there any that you can think of? Because one that sprung to my mind, Hannibal, was uh, Silence of the Lambs, the actress that plays Clarice, whose name I can't remember. Is it Jodie Foster? It's Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Foster? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, because she is in many ways that... Um, she's the, she's the, the final girl, like you said, Kim. She last through the film. But... She's not 
I, it, it's just it's different because she obviously is, is working with um, uh, Hannibal Lecter to catch Buffalo Bill and this guy who's abducting and killing <laughs> Buffalo Bill, um, abducting and killing women. But it it felt like a very different role to me. I don't know if you guys would agree. I have a confession. I've never seen the seen Han- I've never seen the Hannibal films. I know. Well, I have you either, but I, I have watched enough documentaries to have an idea, and I I suspect it's as I understand it, she's very much brains not brawn. Like it's all it's quite a cerebral film, and and her role in it is is not to kick down doors and shoot people. Um, no, it's to it's, it's to, investigative. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Um, and it's I criminal think mind. that is. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I was watching Criminal Minds today, so I didn't want to make that comparison because that was basically all I can think about. Um, but yeah, it's it's investigative and it's it's um, cerebral and it's kind of at a distance. And I think that that is a role that is played, as I understand, in in a handful of of films and none are immediately springing to mind i'm completely saturated when it comes to horror films it's kind of like you know i will literally watch three horror films a week so um because they're so good because they're so far removed from anything else and usually nine times out of ten like I just feel like in in a modern world we see everything everything gets handed to us everything everyone knows how to make someone laugh and how to make someone cry and you could probably argue that they don't but I just feel like to really make someone scared is such a skill and I don't know if it's my really, like. You've never had anxiety. No, I was <laughs> just thinking the same thing. Yeah, but you've like because I can make up fifty yeah. different scenarios that will make me feel fucking shit scared. Yes, but, that's, <laughs> but that's that's a personal thing to you. But no, I know. I I feel like to to create. I mean, I also feel that storytelling at its heart is a ghost story. Like you sit round a fire and someone says, I've got this ghost tale that I want to tell you. And you're like, I'm there with you. I can visualize every single moment. And it's so kind of visceral. And, you know, the way you describe a creaking door or a floorboard or that feeling of seeing that old lady standing over your bed. We all, I think people feel love and happiness and sadness you know for different reasons obviously but quite similarly like we all understand that but I feel like fit like uh, quite differently sorry I feel like we feel those emotions very differently because it's very um dependent on that person something that makes someone laugh doesn't make another person laugh which is you know we talk about women in comedy which is why it's so hard but fear it's quite, we're connected in the same way, I feel. Like, we can be scared by different things. Of course we can. But everyone knows what that fear feels like. Everyone knows that if you turn your light off and see someone standing in the corner of your room, you feel the same way. I think the thing is that fear has, um, it, it, it's an innate response that is necessary for survival. It's evolved as a, as a, as a response to stimuli in our environment to make sure that we stay the fuck alive. So <laughs> I think fear 
yeah, I, like fear can be more universal. I agree, but I don't necessarily agree that what makes us scared is the same. Yeah, agreed. No, I, no, not no. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I probably didn't articulate that very well. Um, although I would say that if there's a creepy person in the dark standing in the corner of the room, that wouldn't scare the <laughs> shit out of all of us. Yeah, but <laughs> I think every that's single my person. There's a difference as well between like what makes us scared in a way that makes us scared and what makes us scared in a way that is entertaining. Because I, you know, Alex, you and I, we we both enjoy true crime and I love true crime and I love stupid shit like criminal minds. And I used to watch criminal minds like before I went to bed and people used to be like, how can you watch this shit? Like fall asleep to it. Or how can you fall asleep to true crime podcasts? And I'm like, because they get solved. The point is that they get solved. Like I can't, I find it fascinating and I enjoy reading ghost stories and stuff and, and all that sort of stuff. And it's not that I don't necessarily always enjoy it, but I am so much less okay and have to prepare so much more to convince myself that it's not real when I watch a horror film that involves anything supernatural because no one has fucking proved that it's not real. So no one can tell tell me that there is not a ghost. And when you have a sleep disorder that causes hallucinations of people actually standing at the bottom of your bed. And then someone says, Oh, Hey, let's, let's watch this thing about Slenderman. You're like, no, I'd rather not. Thanks. I really liked what you said, Alex, about the, about the ghost story thing and sitting around and telling ghost stories. Cause mm, there's definitely, that's definitely an, like, an event. And I think everyone as a child did that with their friends at a sleepover uh, or when you're camping or whatever. And it was, it was always really fun, but really scary. And then your parents would be like, why can't you fucking sleep? Um, <laughs> and that's a really scary thing. <laughs> and that's yeah. my sleep disorder. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't agree that it's the only method of storytelling, but I do think it's the only one that we do that or that we, that it's kind of universal and that we have a kind of theater around like, or that degree, because you know, you don't, there's a way you tell a ghost story. There's a way you, there's a way you speak. Like you said about the visceral thing as the language you use um, that is universal. It's not like you're just down the pub and you're like, Oh, I saw a ghost the other day. Similarada. Like is yeah, that's not the way you tell that story. It wouldn't have the same effect. No. Exactly. It's not a story that is written like that. Like, (laughs) oh well, you know, like I was there and like the wife made me go down to the shops and blah blah. And I was like, this is really this is really weird. Like I don't enjoy this. So Sharon, there's a there's a fucking ghoul in the cupboard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'd love yeah, that sounds great, but that's not the way we do it. And I think that the fact that that's ghost story side of it feeds into the fear as kids because when you're a kid you're not really scared of people like not in this maybe I'm speaking from a a certain point of view a certain point of view where I haven't felt scared of people in the same way but your the fear tends quite often to come from your imagination and things you've seen mm. not necessarily we're told not to talk to strangers and whatever, but I, I don't it's know about you. It's the thing under your bed. Like, yeah, it's I'm so, You're scared yeah, of the, the man. It's, the, it's the thing in the wardrobe. It's the For me, it was E.T. in the wardrobe, but, you know. I was terrified of E.T. I was so I was scared. So scared of E.T. So scared. I was really scared of Siamese cats because my sister told me that they can... <laughs> <laughs> that was so unexpected. <laughs> my what sister do you mean? told me... 
So, so there was a Siamese cat in our village that broke into our house and ate one of our gerbils. And, oh my um, God, can that be the title of your biography? <laughs> <laughs> my sister told me, so this cat kept breaking into our house because it thought that there were um, small rodents for it to eat. And my sister told me that Siamese cats can like read your mind and control your mind if you if you make contact with them for too long. So I was really scared of Siamese cats. So speaking of offending the senses, Alex, how's your wine? <laughs> I feel like I'm drinking it very quickly because I'm trying to get through it, but I don't understand why. Um, It's a confusing wine. Uh, It's really fucking gross. Do not buy it unless you want to cook with it, but, you know, it gets you a bit drunk. So if you're a student, if you're as poor as I am, if life is tough and you just want to bleach your insides with something that's not going to kill you, drink this. <laughs> Sounds like that last part is 50-50, to be honest. Oh my God. <laughs> Kim, how about you and your apath- apathetic, is what I was going to call it. That's not apathetic. what it's called. Mood. Apathetic. Apathetic. Um, it's good, obviously. My apothic red. Um it's a slow drinking one. I'm remembering why I always share it with people is that it's, it's very sweet and rich and heady and mouth coaty and teeth hurty and etc. Like it's good, but you do need, you need something with it, like a cheese board or a friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love how they're on the same level. Give me one or the other. Chew on (laughs) a mate or some hard cheese. (laughs) It's it's definitely like it's definitely good. It's definitely rich. Uh, Wax bats, all right. That's my summary. It's all right. (laughs) That was not. That was succinct. I'm enjoying it more than I just. The waxed. Oh, that's some kind of hand job situation. The waxed bat, I think. Ooh. In a car. Don't kink shame me. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, no, it wouldn't be in a car. It would be on a cricket pitch. Oh, yes. Yes, the waxed bat. It's so specific. Getting wanked off so on cool. a cricket pitch. <laughs> and we're back from our break to talk some more about women in horror films. So we talked a bit beforehand about um, different, Alex, you brought this up, different kind of sub-genres of horror, uh, the slasher film, the torture porn, the, the supernatural. Do you think there's any kind of difference in the way stories tend to unfold for female characters in these, in the different sub-genres? I do think that the slasher, as much as, you know, there's many female characters that will um, outlive everyone else and succeed and be the one that overcomes the bad person, nine times out of ten a male or um, some kind of would have been male but has over time evolved to be like a cave dweller or whatever it might be. 
Which is so many horror films. You'd be surprised how many fucking like weird cave mountain people have like evolved uh, to then like murder and torture unsuspecting women. Um, but I do think that the slasher horror, like you say, has this kind of trope of um, some kind of weird uh, torture porn. I think that's definitely a thing. I think it's also like that's the kind of uh, sub genre of horror that I'm least familiar with. So maybe that's also because I'm not really aware of all the other different kind of characters that you might find. But I do think the things like scary movie and things like that are taking a, the piss out of the slasher films of the women running through the sprinklers in their underwear and covered in blood and like, you know, like saw and uh, hostile and all that stuff. It's like usually really... Human centipede. Yeah. Well, I've never seen human centipede. That is one thing I just can't bring myself to watch. Um, I mean, there's many things I can't bring myself to watch, but that is one of them because that is super fucking gross. Have you seen it? No, uh, I watched the trailer and it gave me a panic attack. Okay. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, don't <laughs> it wasn't for me. I mean, um, much the same with Frozen 2, but... Um, but even, I think that kind of originates, like, its foundations were probably in Psycho. You know, the age-old slasher lady what, in the tower. Frozen. No, no, no. I mean, like, maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> I meant um, the slasher trope of sexy lady gets undressed, blood splatters across her bare chest. Janet Lee being stabbed in the shower in Psycho. Yes. That's where I think you're right. I think that is a, an origination of it because it was shocking at the time for being so graphic when there's clearly a man with a squeezy bottle on the other side of the camera just <laughs> splattering it up the shower. Yeah, I think slash a slash torture porn is is everything that we don't like about horror. Everything that is anti-women anti-difference anti all all the things is is what is encapsulated in traditional slasher and torture porn like i personally find it very hard to believe that any slasher or torture porn film is featuring lgbtq for example, for anything other than titillation, and then they get murdered. And um, one of the other tropes that we've not actually mentioned is that, you know, we mentioned that the slutty one dies first, the black person dies first. That's like a thing. That's a mm -hmm. well-established fact. And I think that is all that is all classic slasher and torture porn, which I think is 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 what we think of, I think what a lot of people think of when they think of horror films, even though I don't think that's true of horror as a genre, because obviously horror as a genre is, or as a subgenre or whatever you want to call it, is a couple of hundred years old, you know? Um, it's a lot older than weird 80s tropes that that have, have lasted, but that's definitely what I think people the first thought that people have whereas other genres and i think like psychological um psychological horror films and um supernatural horror films and i think especially supernatural horror films that we've ripped from japanese subculture um <laughs> yeah. which is a thing <laughs> which is a thing is basically a genre on netflix um are 
they treat women very differently and they treat women a lot and and not just women treat women treat uh BAME people treat LGBTQ people um with a lot more nuance and a lot more care um not all the time I think it's quite difficult with any horror film to always say that they treat people with care because the essential theme of a horror film is to put someone in peril. But I definitely think you've got, on a scale, you've got slasher, slash, slasher, slash, um, torture porn versus everything else in reasonable and nuanced treatment of all characters. So talking about that, are we at the point where we discuss what our ideal, maybe our ideal horror film, but also with female characters, you know, maybe being empowered or whatever we want to make these female characters do, what would our ideal horror film be? I think that psychological side, I mean, the the, the point of a horror film is, is to scare. That's the entire reason that they get made, you know. So it has to be something that, I think we personally would find terrifying and I think the psychological side is much more terrifying than sitting there watching blood splattering up the wall and gratuitous special effects. Um, So I think it would be something psychological where you never really see the threat. So it's sounding a bit like Birch Box now. Birch Box? Bird Box. Birch Box is where I get my cosmetics. Bird Box. It's my (laughs) Attack of the Killer Primer. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Something where you you don't ever see the thing that's haunting you. Um, I don't know what the actual terrifying thing would be. Um... Sending an email to the wrong person. I would not watch <laughs> this fucking horror film, and I watch every single horror film. I have to admit, <laughs> like Jesus. Okay, it would, it would, no, it would either have to be something really, really subtle and really psychologically damaging, uh, where some a bit like Jessica Jones, where someone just gen- gently t- chips away at your madness. That is what I would find most terrifying, or something so ridiculous and black comedy like Black Sheep that we talked about before, where it's the sheep are zombies and are going to kill you. Those are those are my two extremes. <laughs> Scooby Doo, but where the villains are not people wearing masks, but are actually real, and that's and that it's really scary, and um, that a, a group of completely sexless teenagers who happen to all be friends solve crimes, and there is an anthropomorphic dog, and everything's great. Yeah, I want that, please. It's not really a horror, is it? <laughs> yeah, but the horror element comes from the things that everything is real. I mean, I'm sorry, have you not seen Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? I like the shit like like Memento and... Um, oh, Memento's good, yeah. All that kind of... <laughs> cat and mouse, real world stuff. And maybe there's a ghost, but you're not 100% sure if there's a ghost and they never really answer that. But like everything could be explained away by real people and someone gets caught at the end. Alex, do you have any thoughts for your award-winning horror film? (laughs) Um, I I do worry that I've seen so many that mine would be the most cliche thing ever. Um, But I think it would be cliche in terms of its 
uh, narrative as opposed to its uh, gender roles. Um, I would like to see more horrors where the female protagonist, because like we said, nine times out of ten it is a female, but I would like to see it where they're not driven by their family, where they're not driven to save their child or their husband or whatever, you know, uh, get back to normality for their family. Like they're the driving force that goes to the priest that says we need an exorcist, like, you know, because of all this. Um, or, or even it's kind of like if they're a middle-aged woman, they're fighting for their family and they're fighting for their children. If they're an older woman, they are, they've never been married and they've been haunted by this ghost or demon from their past for forever. And they've never married and never gotten on with their life because this dictates everything about them. And then if they're young and they're a teenager, it's either this kind of cliche slasher porn stuff that we spoke about, or it's, um, you know, they're, they're the virgin or the 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 woman or girl who um has not yet been able to find herself and she finds herself in this film by fighting the bad guy or fighting this thing and suddenly she's a lot more she's got a lot more balls for want of a better word than we always thought she did from the start so i would like for me those are the tropes from the kind of like each individual kind of horror subgenre and I would like to see something where a woman of a certain age doesn't uh, buy in or isn't dictated by that trope. I would also love to see horror films in which none of the victims who die are women. Without the antagonist being some kind of crazy succubus. Gonna get yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah where it's not about, like, the impetus of the plot is not about the death of a woman. You know what I'd like to see? A horror film where it's a male villain killing male main characters and the woman just is like, nah, and just walks away. <laughs> and it's not about so repressed want... homosexuality. No, you basically want and it's a not... whole male cast of a horror film. And the no, no. that is a side part. I want just a woman that's in there for the first like ten minutes is like you need to leave and not try and fight this shit. Ooh, like yeah. I, want, no, I want females. I want women solving shit. I want women fighting shit. I don't. Yeah, want... but she solved it in the first ten minutes and then she left. <laughs> like, yeah, that's great. And then the rest of it oh, is oh, she goes oh, back no, in her even... life and goes to Starbucks. Great. Not even she goes. No, I'm getting out. Is it the guys are all like? So there's this demon store. Like I'm thinking a cabin in the woods, right? Uh, like the film, the cabin, uh, or whatever it's called. It's called the and cabin then in the woods. This, <laughs> the cabin in the woods. It's the cabin in the woods, and there's all these people gathered. No, there's, well, yeah, there's a group of people gathered there, and they're like, something is hunting us, shit. And you've got this montage of all the men going and getting like, um, tearing legs off tables and getting knives from the kitchen, and like, we're gonna fucking kill this shit. Uh, and then you've got one woman who's like, maybe use your words. Maybe we should talk <laughs> to this thing. See what. The problem is, and then it's a very peaceful conflict resolution, and then but they're like, story. "You're on our actually on our ancestral land, and <laughs> we were here first, and you're fucking shit up, and you've killed my babies, and can you please leave?" And she's like, 
yeah, no, you're right. We knew that. We should. We should. One of you pissed on my grave, and I'm cross about that. Can we talk <laughs> through the? <laughs> it could be like a Goosebumps book. It could be like a Goosebumps book or the New Black Mirror, where you choose different like alternative endings, and you're like, oh, shall I take the female route of what she would do, or shall I take the male route of what he would do? How yeah. many people die in which route, and how many people are actually? Yay! We go home and we sleep at night. So to wrap up the show this evening, do either of you have any favourite female characters from any movies that you've watched? Nope. <laughs> I mean, there there must be... I think that's a hard question to answer because, like we spoke about, horror films can be quite uh, surface and you don't necessarily connect with a character as much as you might uh, with with a genre that's much more heartfelt, I suppose. So it's easy to cling on to the franchises. And so therefore, you know, because we, we can build and develop our love for a character. And also, cliche-wise, even with um, franchises, horror films, uh, the lead character usually gets killed off anyway. So you connect with them and then they're gone. Um, so I am probably going to be reasonably cliche when I say Alien and I say Ripley because I do think she is the ultimate female badass that wins the day Yes, is sexualized in certain points because, you know, we see her in her knickers and we can pull apart that and talk about that um, another time. Very much in functional pants, not in like lingerie running. Oh, yeah, like functional pants. Yeah. But like there was a reason that she was chosen to stand in the cupboard and wait out the alien in her pants as opposed to in joggers or whatever. Um, I will watch those films over and over again. And I am so proud that the 80s saw this woman being like, fuck you, sci-fi. Actually, it's not just for men. It's a woman that saves the day. And yes. And I do think like, um, so... I think it's the second one where she's got this, uh, she's looking after this little girl. And I do think that kind of plays into that trope that I was talking about, about, you know, motherly instincts. And to an extent, the first one, because of the cat. But, you know, um, and then the third one, I think she's more sexualized. And there's also this whole thing about the alien being a mother and things like that. So it is playing into those tropes. But actually, especially for the 80s, um, she really fucking saves the day and she only saves the day really a lot of the time for herself. And I think that's rare that we see that in a woman on the big screen. So I do think she's one of my faves. Kim, how about you? That's, um, that was a really good speech and I have absolutely nothing to match it. I watch it so infrequently and I haven't watched enough of them to be selective. So I have probably watched more than my fair share of surface level or or vague ones or anything like that. So I don't I don't really have one. 
um, I would just like to send a brief shout out into the world for Alicia Cuthbert, who was in some early aughts horror films and then her career got tanked a little bit and she's been steadily working since then. And I think that she's a very underrated actress. Like, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to, to pick because I, my, my knowledge of horror films is limited like yours, Kim. Um, and it's not even a guarantee of when you watch a horror film, that there'll be a female character that you like or enjoy. Um, what I will say is I wish there were more female villains. I want more that aren't just I'm a ghost Ra. What I want is like the female equivalent of um, Christian Bale in American Psycho. I want that villain. Mm. I want uh, charismatic female lead who has no reason for doing the things that she does other than I fucking can. I, like I, I just think that would be really good, and I can't I, off the top of my head, and I could be wrong. Please let us know on email if there are any films I've missed. Alex, you've got one. Well, have you watched Gone Girl? Yes, but that's I not horror. Oh, it's it, a thriller. It, it's a, it's thriller, a thriller, which kind of buys into that a little bit. I think that really, really heavily skirts the line. I would never put that in horror category. It's got some gruesome moments in it for sure, Ooh. but it's not. Yeah, I I don't think I It's an interesting thing to discuss because I don't think there are many female characters like the one in Gone Girl, like the one you're talking about, that exists within the main horror world. No, but even... even It's, it's Rosamund Pike, isn't it, that plays... Mm. Is it Rosamund Pike? Plays the, the main character, yeah. Um, even her character ha- is, is... There's an element of manipulating people and manipulating specifically men to her character that in that story I think and having something where it's just like there is there is no impetus behind this other than the enjoyment <laughs> wanton nonsense like yeah that's, that's true that I is true um I haven't found it yet either actually So I think that brings us to the end of this week's Grape Culture. But before we go, we have some wine to talk about. And uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag this week. So, Kim, I'm going to come to you first with your your apathetic, as I will continue to call it. Apathetic. Apathetic. Mood apathetic. Um, My apathetic red was very nice. It is like, right. I had wine before we, we started recording because life but um it is heady and i haven't drunk a lot of it because of that like it is really really intense and really really um kind of floods your senses a little bit and that's great like it's a great red but i think that it is something that you need to share or you need to to eat with a sharp cheese or you need to you know like Spend a long evening drinking. Um, so I'm going to give it a 3.5 because I reserve my higher ratings for ones that, like, I'm probably going to drink happily alone. And I this isn't one that I would drink necessarily alone. Also, at a cool £9 on average, um, it's affordable if you want to be impressive 
my very affordable uh, <laughs> house wine, table wine by Sainsbury's, dry white to be specific, non-specific grape, um, is gross. <laughs> It's, have you got any left have you finished it i mean this is all that's left um and so therefore the dry white nondescript is going down because it will just numb the senses uh and this more than most because it's gross uh i'm not going to go into detail because it doesn't even have detail on the bottle or deserves much more <laughs> i think it just gets a 1.5 impressed it's as high as that to be honest well, cook with it, drink it, but don't expect anything. Fling it on someone you don't like. It's good for that. <laughs> I Literally, if it, you know, when you like walk so delicately to your table with like a tray of drinks that you've just bought and then one gets knocked over and you're like, fuck, this is the end of the world. No, you wouldn't even be sad. You'd be like, one less thing I have to drink at that yeah. point. That that is how I describe this. So one point five purely because you've spent money on it, not because you're sad that it's spilt. One point five for the and again that was the Sainsbury's House dry white wine. It doesn't even say wine. It just says dry white. It could be anything. It could be. <laughs> it literally could be. Liquid. Dry white liquid. And the waxed bat, which is the Shiraz Cabernet Sauvignon Malbec 2019. So many grapes in one wine. Um, is fine. This is one of the first times I've got to the end of the podcast without even finishing the bottle. So um, it's not a it's not a chugger. This one, it's slow drink. Um, it's very peppery and spicy it's uh it's not one of the better ones i've had the one i had uh, in the last episode i preferred so yeah three three grapes fine middle of the road so that's the end of the show this week but if you're listening on an apple device please don't forget to give us a rating and maybe leave us a review because we are needy bitches and we like to know what you think you can also follow us on uh social media we're on instagram at grape culture podcast on twitter at grape culture pod or if you want to see more about what we've discussed this week and maybe check out any of the um supporting material as it were we have show notes on our website which is uh grapeculturepodcast.co.uk and we'll be back in two weeks time with a brand new episode who knows what it will be? You're going to have to come and check us out to find out. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.